Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine, chiropractor, and functional nutrition practitioner, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. I'm excited about today's podcast, but before we jump in, I wanted to remind you to download this month's special gift at drjockersgift.com. From keto meal plans, smoothie recipes, to fasting quick start guides, we have a new complimentary gift every single month. To get your gift, simply visit drjockersgift.com. That's D-R-J-O-C-K-E-R-S-G-I-F-T.com. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. This podcast is sponsored by Perfect Keto. Guys, if you are interested in a great tasting keto-friendly bar with ingredients you can actually trust, you've got to try these perfect keto bars. The ingredients are things like almond butter, cacao butter, collagen protein, organic cocoa or cacao, uh, coconut oil, and it uses sunflower lecithin, which is actually really good for helping bile flow. And it's flavored with stevia. It tastes amazing. So gluten-free, dairy-free, no added sugars, preservatives, or artificial ingredients. They've got some amazing flavors. I really love the almond butter brownie. That is great. The chocolate chip cookie dough is fantastic. They also have a great salted caramel and a lemon poppy seed. These keto bars are a pre-made keto dessert without the guilt. I mean, think about it like an energy bar that tastes like a treat and supports your soft tissue recovery because of the collagen peptides that are in there. They also support, those peptides also support your skin, your hair, your nails, and your gut health. So remember, all natural ingredients, balanced keto macros, only three grams of net carbs, no sugar alcohols that can cause bloating and cramping, no artificial sweeteners, no dairy, no corn fiber. A lot of people have issues with corn fiber spiking their blood sugar, even though it's a fiber. No high carbohydrate binders like dates, honey, or chicory root fiber that a lot of other companies use that can also detrimentally impact your blood sugar. So a lot of things are out there marketed as keto, but if you actually test your blood sugar, you'll have issues. And, and the developers of this, Perfect Keto, they actually rigorously tested this and went through over 14 different iterations to make sure this product will not spike your blood sugar. So if you want to try these out, which I would highly recommend, go to www.perfectketo.com forward slash Dr. Jockers. Jockers. So again, that's www.perfectketo.com forward slash Dr. Jockers. Use the coupon code Dr. Jockers, D-R-J-O-C-K-E-R-S, to save 15% off of these today. I know you'll love these. You should get more than one box because you are going to love these. Um, you're just going to really, really enjoy them. Great for snacks, great for uh, consuming them after meals, uh, for travel, all different types of things. So check them out today. Hey friends, today I wanted to share with you one of my favorite YouTube videos. It was on brain autophagy 
It's very, very popular. And in this podcast, you're going to learn how you can literally reset and regenerate new brain cells. And so it's a very exciting topic. I talk a lot about strategies you can apply like intermittent fasting, uh, several herbs that are really powerful for helping your body to break down damaged neurons, damaged brain cells, and helping to reform new healthy brain cells. We talk about mindset strategies and how to improve something called neurogenesis, the formation of new neurons. A lot of exciting stuff in this podcast, so I know you're going to get tremendous value out of it. And if you've been enjoying the podcast for some time, I would like to, to ask you to take a moment and leave us a rating or review. When you do that, that actually helps us be able to reach more people with this information and change more lives. So thank you for doing that. Just leave a rating or review and enjoy the podcast. Hey guys, hope everybody's doing well. Today we're talking about brain autophagy and healing the toxic brain. Autophagy is one of my favorite topics to talk about. It really means self-eating and the body's ability to eat the intracellular components, the ones that are damaged, damaged mitochondria, damaged uh, RNA, DNA, and actually recycle the components and form new healthy cells. It's the innate ability of the body to heal and regenerate itself. And we know that brain degeneration is at an all-time high. We have higher numbers of dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and basically, we know that chronic inflammation is at the root cause. Chronic inflammation chews up the brain. You can see in this picture here, the difference between a healthy brain tissue and a degenerative brain tissue. We see the shrinkage of the hippocampus where we store memories. We see the shrinkage of the cerebral cortex where we process our environment and adapt to it. And we see enlarged ventricles Ventricles are little gaps where cerebrospinal fluid fills in. And so the overall brain tissue atrophies over time as it's exposed to chronic inflammation. And so main symptoms that we experience are things like memory loss, forgetfulness, confusion, mood changes, agitation, just being easily irritable uh, can, can be a sign of brain degeneration, anxiety, apathy or just a loss of motivation and then a loss of overall inhibition so there's normally things that we understand as socially acceptable behavior and socially unacceptable behavior and oftentimes we lose the ability to inhibit socially unacceptable behaviors when our brain starts degenerating and so the main causes there are several things blood sugar imbalances our brain tissue needs either a steady supply of glucose sugar or ketones and when we develop insulin resistance, we have uh, experiences of hypoglycemia where our blood sugar drops too low and our body's not good at, at creating ketones and utilizing them, that ends up creating brain cell damage. The brain cells literally starve to death. They can't produce the energy they need and it creates a neurotoxicity uh, element. And so that's a big component. Environmental toxins, heavy metals like lead, mercury, aluminum, these things damage brain tissue. And we have a lot of these in our society today. We also have major chemicals, pesticides and herbicides and plastic compounds like phthalates that are all damaging to the brain. Movement or lack of movement is damaging to the brain, a sedentary lifestyle. Chronic stress and poor sleep. So sleep is when we detoxify our brain. Chronic stress creates high levels of cortisol, 
and can, can trigger insulin resistance and obviously create uh, metabolic uh, derangements in the brain. And then chronic infections, things like Lyme disease, for example, can get in the brain tissue, different parasites, uh, bacterial infections. There's actually a component of the bacterial cell wall called lipopolysaccharides that um, the body creates an inflammatory process when it encounters the, this. And so when we have leaky gut, it can open up the brain and cause leaky brain and cause inflammatory damage to the brain tissue. So that's a big component. Viruses can also trigger inflammation in the brain as well. So the good news is that the brain is plastic. And that means that the brain has the ability to reorganize itself and heal itself. And so neurogenesis is the process of creating new neurons. And we also create new synapses. Synapses are little gaps between the brain cells. And so that at Stanford, they studied Einstein's brain and they wanted to see, did Einstein have more neurons, more nerve cells than the average individual? Was that the reason why he was so intelligent? What they found was that for the average individual, his body size, his brain volume was roughly the same. However, he had twice as many synapses, these little gaps that help us connect different neurons. And so his ability to have flexibility of thought and wide range of thought was at a really high level. And so synapses are a component, building new healthy synapses are a component of neuroplasticity and a component of keeping your brain strong, healthy, and young. And we strengthen those synapses through different patterns of thinking, um, different neuro associations. So we, we always say that um, activities that, that uh, we do so what's the, the, the term that I'm using? Um, neurons that fire together, wire together. So meaning that when we're continually thinking certain thoughts, uh, engaging in certain behaviors and activities and movement patterns, we are continually firing the same neurons and they wire together. They create a hard wire because we're constantly strengthening those synapses. And then if we don't use it, you lose it. And that's where we, we, the weakened synapses end up dying off. It's kind of like exercise. You need to continue to do it to stay fit. If you don't, you lose your fitness. Well, it's the same thing with your brain. You got to continue to use your brain, challenge your brain in unique and novel ways, and it will get, continue to get stronger. And so here are things that uh, can impact neuroplasticity in a major way. Stressful circumstances. This is why when we think back at you know, experiences we had over the years, oftentimes stressful or negative experiences can, can really, really shape our memory, but also exciting memories as well. We remember, you know, maybe a birthday or, um, you know, a great achievement that we had or, you know, something we did maybe in sports that was a great achievement or whatever it was. It's usually like a really exciting moments and then also really stressful, hard moments um, that, can, that can shape us different social interactions, you know, we're relational beings. So oftentimes we'll remember really key, really important social interactions that we had. Traumatic events, um, you know, car accidents, major injuries, we'll remember those things. Major emotions we may have experienced. Meditation and prayer also can, well, emotions and meditation and prayer all play a big role in our ability to rewire. So prayer and meditation play a huge role in um, calming the brain, helping it to have better um, neuro flexibility, right? A greater range of thought and lower stress hormone in our brain, less inflammation, 
emotions can help trigger us to remember things and in something called neurolinguistic programming uh, oftentimes we're there we're using emotions in order to remember things because again neurons that fire together wire together so great emotions can help you if you're trying to study for a test creating emotional experience around the material you're trying to remember can oftentimes help you remember that help wire that into your mind and we'll we'll remember things from our life where we had great emotions around New experiences, novelty can also stimulate new nerve growth. Exercise is one of the best daily activities you can be doing along with good high quality nutrition um, in order to help improve your brain. You should always be looking at learning, trying to learn new skills, new habits, um, you know, new things are gonna help benefit your life, get, become more of an expert in your field of study. And then your daily thoughts play a big role. So are you thinking positive, grateful thoughts or are you negative? Are you thinking very negative thoughts? It's an important consideration to take. Now, again, autophagy, as I mentioned, is really this uh, experience where we, uh, where we are eating ourselves. Like basically our brain, we are eating the intracellular um, organelles, the mitochondria, different things like that, that are damaged and dysfunctional. And our body goes after the dysfunctional cells first. So it, it breaks down the dysfunctional mitochondria and will reuse the raw materials to build new healthy mitochondria. This is something we want to do to have strong, healthy nerve tissue. We know our brain, we have more mitochondria. We have 10,000 mitochondria per cell in our brain. In our heart, we have 5,000 mitochondria per cell. In our muscle tissues, we have roughly around 1,000 mitochondria per cell. So our brain has 10 times more mitochondria per cell than our muscle tissue. So it's really important that we're getting good autophagy processes or mitophagy where we break down the mitochondria and reform new healthy mitochondria. So important. So we know that mitochondrial dysfunction, when we look at neurological disorders, it is a major link, right? It's a significant factor in the development of things like Alzheimer's, Lou Gehrig's, um, Parkinson's, autism, Huntington's disease, chronic fatigue, different issues like that. We've got to have good, healthy, strong mitochondria to function best. And here are our best strategies in order to do that. We got to sleep well, keep our stress under control, really do our best to get into ketosis from time to time. Intermittent fasting and extended fasting is a great strategy to boost up ketones and to stimulate autophagy in the brain. We want to consume nutrient-dense foods. So we're getting really the most value out of the foods that we eat. We want to exercise and move our body. Uh, different temperature changes. So heat therapy and cold therapy, cryotherapy or hyperthermia can have a great impact that's stimulating autophagy. There are certain herbs, and I'll go through those as we go on, that help enhance autophagy. And also some different strategies like red light therapy believe it or not, can be a powerful stimulus for autophagy and improving brain cells. And then also hyperbaric oxygen therapy, really flooding oxygen and, uh, and pressurizing it deep into the cells of the body is a powerful way to enhance brain cell regeneration. So neuroplasticity, again, the ability of the brain to rewire itself. There are certain compounds like nerve growth factor and brain-derived neurotropic factor, BDNF, that play a key role. They stimulate the brain cell regeneration. They stimulate enhanced synaptic plasticity, right? Where we get more of these synapses and these gaps between the brain cells. And so we know sugar reduces BDNF. Meanwhile, doing things like intermittent fasting, 
getting ketones elevated where we develop metabolic flexibility because our brain can use ketones for fuel. Um, supplementing with omega-3 fatty acids can all improve BDNF levels. We know poor sleep reduces BDNF. Sleep is when our brain detoxifies itself. Good sleep helps us uh, helps stimulate more BDNF and greater levels of brain regeneration. Exercise, we know, plays a big role in that. And then keeping stress under control is so important for this. So again, as I've mentioned, sleep is when our brain detoxifies itself. So we have a lymphatic system in our brain. It's called the glial system, glial cells, which are basically the immune components of the brain. And also they play a function in the lymphatic system, which is a circulatory system that helps push waste and um, basically, a lot, it helps the, the circulatory system to move waste and move immune cells and move uh, pathogens and different things like that, like dead pathogens out of the system. And so the glial cells really come to li life and that glial system really moves and flows and, and washes and detoxifies the brain while we're sleeping. So if we're not sleeping well, we're not going to get good... Uh, brain cell detoxification, and we're going to end up with more damage to our brain, right? More degeneration. So very, very important for rebalancing neurotransmitter levels, really important for mood, for memory, proper mindset. So good quality sleep. We want to make sure our room is cool. I like my room around 65 degrees with an overhead fan on. We want to keep our room as dark as possible. Use a sleep mask. I, I use that. It really helps block out tangent light, helps me sleep deeper, and uh, just have a better quality sleep. We want to avoid caffeine within eight hours of sleeping. So if you're going to bed at 10 p.m., then you don't want to consume caffeine after 2 p.m., for example. Also, try not to eat within three hours of sleeping. That will allow you to digest your food before you go to bed, which will allow you to have a deeper, higher quality sleep. You'll release more growth hormone, more melatonin, which really help clean up brain tissue and help your, your good healthy cells regenerate. We wanna get good sun exposure during the day. This really helps set our circadian rhythm. We wanna also exercise, move our bodies, but just not too late at night. So kind of the same rule with eating, I would recommend not exercising within really four hours uh, of going to bed because we also wanna eat after we exercise typically. So usually better to exercise earlier, right? Um, either morning, midday or maybe at the latest late afternoon right four or five o'clock um, after six o'clock i wouldn't recommend uh, exercise so we want to do that we want to avoid bright light after sunset you can get a dimmer dimmer switch in your home you can also just turn down the lights right put on maybe some candles or a fireplace or something like that to where things are dim and that's going to help you naturally release more melatonin so you can sleep better and then wind down at 9 p.m. I always recommend this. Don't have any goals you're trying to accomplish after 9 p.m. If you want to really get a good sleep, you ideally want to be in bed around 10 and you don't want to have any significant goals that are going to release stress hormones. Uh, you need stress hormones in order to accomplish goals. That helps, your, helps you focus. It helps you to be more mentally, uh, mentally efficient and sharp but you only want that for a certain period of time. And at night, that's not the right time. So at night, we want to wind down at 9 p.m. And we want to make sure that we are setting our body up for a really great night's sleep. Now, 
when we're looking at fats that we want to consume, we want healthy fats. The brain, brain tissue itself is mostly fats. So we want to get omega-3s, good high quality, saturated fats, right? Lots of fat soluble nutrients, vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin E, vitamin K. And we're going to get those things from things like butter, grass-fed butter particularly. So grass-fed animals can have a lot more uh, antioxidants in it, a lot more powerful nutrients, conjugated linoleic acid, omega-3 fatty acids that are in there, as opposed to grain-fed animal products. So doing your best to try to get grass-fed butter, grass-fed tallow, ghee, coconut milk, coconut oil, avocado oil, olive oil, fish oil, and eggs, particularly pasture-raised eggs are going to be your best sources of fat. The fats you want to avoid are going to be your your, your processed industrialized vegetable oils, canola, soybeans, sunflower, corn, safflower, grapeseed, margarine, cottonseed, and peanut oil. I want to avoid those things. Highly processed, high in omega-6 fats, really toxic for the body. So uh, Plato, he actually said he fasts for greater physical and mental efficiency. So when we fast, we develop metabolic flexibility, the ability to go between burning sugar, burning ketones, for fuel, and we know ketones are our preferred energy source because they produce significantly more energy and less metabolic waste than burning glucose or sugar. So getting your body keto adapted and getting your brain good at utilizing ketones will really help reduce inflammation, reduce oxidative stress in the brain, reduce damage to the cells, and help improve BDNF and your overall neuroplasticity, right? So it's gonna reduce inflammation in the brain. In fact, the presence of ketones reduces the neuroinflammasome, NLRP3 neuroinflammasome. And neuroinflammasome is a signaling molecule that, or a signaling receptor that activates and amplifies inflammation throughout the brain. And so we shut that down when ketones are present. Ketones are elevated in the brain. And again, less oxidative stress, less damage to the mitochondria. So your brain will have greater capabilities, greater uh, regenerative abilities. And this is one of the key therapies. You know, people are using intermittent fasting and ketosis and using things like MCT oil to help improve uh, individuals with dementia and Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and seeing great results in the, in the preliminary. You know, obviously, this hasn't caught mainstream yet, but people are seeing good results when they're using this with people with degenerative brain conditions. So some great ways to do daily intermittent fasting. A great way to start is a 12-hour overnight fast. We call it a simple fast. We fast from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. And then you push it to 14 hours. You just simply drink water in the morning, right? So you might drink 16 ounces of water before you eat food. And that might take you two hours or push you out two hours where you're not hungry. We call that the brunch fast, okay? Then you can try crescendo fast where you go 16 hours between your last meal and your first meal. And you do it two days a week, non-consecutive days, okay? So it might be eating your meals between 10 a.m. and 6 p.m., for example, um, for two days a week, okay? And then the other days you might eat between 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. And then you push it out to a cycle fast where you're doing it three times a week or every other day you're doing intermittent fast. And this is how you're building your fasting muscle. So for many people are so metabolically damaged that doing something like, you know, a 16, 18 hour fast right off the bat can be really challenging on their brain. And they might develop hypoglycemia and have more neurological damage take place. So doing this sort of gradual step-by-step -step 
um, fasting fasting approach is going to help us to build slowly build the metabolic flexibility where our bodies are getting better and better and better at being more efficient and utilizing fat and producing ketones as a fuel source. And that will reduce stress on the brain, reduce the um, potential for, for hypoglycemia and negative reactions. So over time, we'll build up to, to where we're able to do that strong fast, doing a 16 or 18 hour fast on a daily basis. And then maybe even be able to push into that 20 hour range doing a warrior fast and even adding in like a one day fast every week where you're doing a full 24 hour fast where you're fasting from lunch to lunch or dinner to dinner or breakfast to breakfast um, on a full day and just hydrating your body well outside of that. And that is a powerful stimulus for ketones. Now, along with fasting and a nutrient dense diet, rich and healthy fats, we want to move our body. Movement itself is life. Movement helps boost up brain-derived neurotropic growth factor, helps really enhance circulation and lymphatic drainage, really great for the brain. So making sure we're moving on a regular basis, also doing some level of high-intensity exercise, maybe doing some intervals or weight training or something along those lines, really helpful. You know, if you're a little older, you're new to exercise, you can still do some resistance training. You can go to a fitness center and utilize, uh, you know, Nautilus equipment or some, some sort of um, assisted equipment and be able to do some strength training exercises. Or in your home, you could do push-ups or, you know, assisted push-ups or something like that to where you are challenging your muscle tissue and building that lean body tissue is a powerful stimulus, improves circulation, really great for brain tissue. Being in a state of gratitude, one of the best things you could be doing. Being in a positive state of gratitude, demonstrating compassion and empathy for others, and you know, just having a daily practice, you know, where you're thinking about things that you're thankful for. You're telling people in your life that you appreciate them. And when negative thoughts come, you're helping silence them and really refocusing back on positivity. It's so important for a healthy brain. Cold shower, hot shower. So actually alternating between hot and cold will help improve your circulation. It will help improve, it will increase endorphin release, increase positive neurotransmitters, and actually create neuroplastic changes in your brain. You'll actually become more uh, you know, cold or hot tolerant, right? More temperature tolerant, which is great for your immune system. And um, it's also really, really good for your skin. I mean, there's so many benefits to doing this sort of thing. It also really gives you great energy. You notice just a big surge in energy and mental clarity, really great for performance when you do some sort of alternating hot and cold shower. So you get in the shower, it's hot, right? You soap up, okay? Then you turn it cold. You know, you, you sit in it for cold, cold water for a minute, then you turn it back hot for a minute, then you turn it back cold for a minute. You know, doing like two rounds, two or three rounds like that can be so powerful for your circulation, your mental clarity, your brain function. Um, really powerful and will stimulate autophagy in your brain as well. Just the ability to, your, your, your body basically starts producing heat shock proteins and cold shock proteins, which can break down circulating inflammatory proteins. So real powerful from that perspective. Um, also red light therapy. It's just something I personally do on a regular basis. I have a red light machine from Mito Red. Um, some of you guys may have seen the video I did on that, um, but really powerful for helping improve circadian rhythm and deep sleep. Really great for reducing inflammation, supporting collagen production, stimulating better, stronger, healthier mitochondria. 
So great, great therapy to use if you have access to it. And then adding in certain herbs like course, well, compounds like quercetin, which comes from things like elderberries, cranberries, red onions, um, six shagale, which we find in ginger, curcumin, which is in turmeric, resveratrol, um, EGCG, which we find in green tea and dark chocolate, citrus bergamons and car carnosinic acid, which we find in things like oregano, sage, and rosemary. These compounds are all great for helping stimulate autophagy. So they actually all help drive certain pathways in our system, like our AMPK pathway, which helps break down older damaged cells and helps form newer, healthier cells and new healthier cell cellular components, again, mitochondria. So consuming these kinds of compounds, you know, whether you're doing herbal teas and foods, and then also supplementing with them can be very, very powerful. Some of my favorite supplements for autophagy, for skin health, brain health, and overall function are going to be the inflamed defense. This one um, has the has curcumin. It also has boswellia or frankincense, which is another herb that helps stimulate autophagy. It has proteolytic enzymes, which are great for down-regulating inflammation in the body. It has quercetin. It has resveratrol. It has ginger in it. So you get you know some of the best compounds right in there. You have rosemary in there as well. Really, really great for the body. There's a link that you can find below this uh, video where you can find out more about that and a discount code for you guys. But a phenomenal product for reducing inflammation in the body and stimulating autophagy. And then resveratrol power. This is a powerful one. This has got a large dose of resveratrol as well as quercetin. Really great for down-regulating the histamine response, helping improve oxalate metabolism. Really great for skin. Really great for immune function, right? Antiviral resveratrol and quercetin. Very powerful antivirals really powerful for stimulating longevity genes and improving mitochondrial health. So, you know, I would recommend, especially if you have brain degeneration or you've got a family member, stacking both of these, the inflammatory defense and the resveratrol power. Um, you know, if you're just looking for biohacking, certainly just doing one can make a big change, big difference. When you stack both, you'll even get a more powerful effect. So again, links below. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this video and it went through a lot of information. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, if you haven't already, please subscribe to our channel and hit the bell button right next to the subscribe. That way you get notification right away whenever I go live. And guys, we'll see you on a future online training. Everybody be blessed. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.